She was saying that you know, because um, many times uh, you know, she saw in my encounter that I, I would never move away from the place of the truth. That uh, I had died to myself, you know, for for everybody here or something like this. And then it came in my mind, no, no, no. It's like Jesus. No, no. He didn't die on the cross. He died at his baptism. You know. Maybe he even died at his birth. So that you know, it wasn't on the cross that he died for you. He's been dying every day for you. Then, you know, in a way, he died to himself as a person. He gave up his personal existence so that he'd be in service to God. You know, to save you. You know. I think it's worth mentioning. I feel. Yeah, it was baptized as an adult. Yeah, because at that time, you know, because the baptism was very powerful for Christ. It was very powerful for him. It wasn't just, although he said, you know, because John the Baptist had said to him, look, you know, it is I who should be baptized by you. You come to baptize, and he said, well, let's just do this for now because it is written like let's just fulfill on a prophecy like this. No? But yet, what happened was that uh, it after the baptism in the water, you know. He said that God gave a powerful sign, like a dove came and landed on his head, and God said, "This is my son, in whom I am very pleased." And so on. But this is for the people, not people they they experienced that. It's after the baptism, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he was compelled to go into the wilderness, to be alone from all his friends, left to go there, because he had to go through that test, you know, also, where whatever was left of him. He had to go through the temptation, isn't it? Mm. That, uh, to 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 wring out the last bit of anything that's left, because you cannot be tempted unless you are temptable. Mm. So he was tempted. You know, look, okay. The devil said, "Listen, all these kingdoms like, belong to me. I can give them to you, only if you bow down and worship me." He's still doing that with many people, and people are exchanging. They say, "Sell themselves to the devil or something." Mm. And he answered with the scriptures. You know, it is written, "Thou shalt serve the Lord thy God only, and Him alone." Thou shalt serve, no. And they tried other things, like you know, to do with the circumstances at the moment. Like Jesus was obviously alone, hungry, and and you know, and uh, thirsty. And he says, you know, you're the son of man. Why don't you, you know, turn these stones into bread? Why do you think he did that? He did that. The devil does this, or the devil part of our being does this because it wants to see if you would. You would you would try and demonstrate that you are good, that you are great, son of God. In which case, only only the ego would want to do that. Mm-hmm. He didn't buy into that trap. He simply answered from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. Then I'm sure the devil was like, Shuck. <laughs> then he took him to another place and said, you know, why don't you throw yourself off this? You know, because you're so lonely, you're desperate now, aren't you? 
you know, where a human being might reach a place where they are in such, they're so, they're so alone. So, you know, he says, why don't you throw yourself off this hill? Because he's doing that now to people. Tell him, don't you jump in front of this train? Why you just do this? You know, it's better to do this. Put an end to all the misery and all the misery you're causing to people. You see, because it is written that you know the one who serves God will not strike their foot against even a stone. Mm. You see, he says, "Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God." Him only you shall serve like that. So he used. He didn't go. He didn't speak as his own person. He spoke from the scriptures that he knew that to 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 remind himself. And he says, only after passing that test, the devil then left him for an opportune moment, and then the angels came to serve him and to restore his to comfort him and to restore his spirit. And only after this time did he, his mission begin, because he was sufficiently clean see, to then face what was coming. Guruji, when you are saying that after his baptism he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, yeah. you mean led by the Holy Spirit yes. into the wilderness? Yes, by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Because he had to fulfill this part. Yeah. The baptism was one thing. So the baptism, I think, was for the people, but the wilderness was for him. Mm. Yes. You see? Mm. It was for the world, in fact. The true baptism. Yeah, the true baptism, yeah. That's a very powerful account. Yes, yes, this is I mean this thing is that this play is going over and over again every day. You know. We're being led into the wilderness. First you're being baptized, you're going into the wilderness, you're gonna be tempted, you know, and you have to rise again, you have to rise up again. But not as the whole you. Hmm? And not even as a new you, you know, but as a timeless uh, one, as the harmony of God. You see? Hmm. Everybody has to do things proven in this way. I mean, the old cult should be called Thomas, basically. Thomas, the Gospel of Thomas. But uh, Jesus also spoke, you know. He said to Thomas, you know, because of all the disciples, when he said he, after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to some of his disciples as they were walking along the road. He appeared and caught up with them, walking alongside them. But they didn't recognize him because he didn't look at his usual way. But after they walked and talked with this being, they realized, Oh my God, it's it's the Lord. Like this, no? And they were all kind of they were all full of excitement. And when they went back to the house where the others were, they told them, The Lord is alive. We we saw us, he appeared to us and he walked with us on the road. And Thomas says, well, unless I see him myself and put my hand in those holes in his there, I will not believe it. So then Jesus appeared to Thomas and called him, Come, put your hand in my put your fingers in these holes. You know, and, and then Thomas says, I believe. And he says, You believe because of your senses, but greater those who believe without seeing. You believe because you see, but great is he who believes and yet does not see. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
So this is the power of belief. Yeah. Especially when you believe in because we believe what we are by instinct we believe. But we believe so much rubbish. Baba, when I see your picture, you appear there too. Alive, you can feel it. Yes. Yes. There's a power inside you. Your trust, your love and your faith being this. Ramana can, you know, wherever, wherever I want to see. Yes. Yes. It's true. <laughs> it's just like this. It is justice. It is justice. And all God's children's gonna sing, sing. When they see their mighty king. He, they lived with him. And they ate together, they slept, they, they had a life together. That was what was special about his disciples, because they, other people followed him, many, many people followed him, um, but from a distance they had their lives. But they gave up their lives to be, to be with him. Many of them, one was tax collector, one was two were fishermen, another one was working in another place, one of lived with their family, and they just they left and they came to live with him and to move with him and to learn how to, to try and absorb his his teachings directly, you know. From that uh, so that's what that's what a disciple is. A disciple is not just uh, just a seeker, a disciple is that it's in the lineage of that thinking, of that that expression. And uh, for that, they had to live. They had to live it. The others maybe had another life or something like this, but their life was totally dedicated to the, the realization of truth or to fulfill his teachings. And uh, yeah, uh, for for human beings who have a strong sense of their own humanity. Uh, the teachings cannot, because it's more hard to follow that teaching. It's more hard, actually. You know, love your neighbor as yourself, and you know, do good to others, and be forgiving, you know, and all this, this kind of thing, which is, you know, which, which is really sometimes contrary to where the human nature wants to go. It needs powerful um, encouragements. This is why the miracles were so important, because it helped to build faith. And the people said, "No, no, no, you know, like he, you know, because to just tell them by itself is not enough, because he has to work against the tide of human, you know, impulses. So the miracles and uh, you know that's very much a strong part of of what has to happen to to help the mind to develop faith." And, uh, and trust and uh, to surrender to God, you know, and to, to break away from arrogance. And so the images of good and evil and God and the devil are more strong in that paradigm of consciousness. And now we are moving in a different way. We are speaking more about coming out of that sleep of personhood altogether. So even all the evolutionary movements within the states of consciousness, 
to become a better person, to become more, you know, like this, uh, to have that kind of uh, duality. And yet, every now and again, that he had to say things because when he said, "I and my father are one," I mean, it was very difficult to absorb that in that kind of culture, which was seen as blasphemy, because. He didn't say, I'm equal with God, because God is the, the all-encompassing power. He doesn't say, I'm equal, because I'm equal. It's, it's a very factual kind of statement. But it says that I and Father are one, meaning that we're, we, I'm in harmony with God. I'm in harmony with God. Uh, I'm, I move in oneness. I'm not, I'm not apart from God. And uh, it was kind of a very powerful statement. And the, the more human beings believe in themselves as persons and they see that by nature a person is a corrupt form of expression you understand and that's why you know they have to believe in God in that way because only God is good the person can never be good and the more strong there is a sense of personhood like sometimes even in Islam to say things like you know uh, like some of the Sufis the Sufi masters were also of Islam, but they were like more like Advaita or or Zen, you see, because they said like one of them he say you know, under these garments there's only God or something. That was seen as such blasphemy. They killed him. They 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 killed people who speak like that, because they could not in themselves go beyond their personhood, so they couldn't conceive that a human being who looked like just that them could say something like that. It would have to be blasphemy. They didn't see that that, that that was done through an internal work and transcended the whole human game of you and me, good and bad, right and wrong, higher and lower, and so on. That there, there are beings who are beyond this that come out of that, whose references are not the usual human references. You see? So they were like in the heart of Islam. But Islam is very uncomfortable sometimes with the Sufis. I mean, many, many are. Because then the Sufis come with such beauty, like Rumi and, you know, like Kabir and so on. You know, I mean, they come, and they speak a language that you know is so broad, and so beautiful, and so show such an intimacy with God, that and bring so much sweetness to human beings, that you know they they crossed over. Like even Rumi, it was Islam. He had many, many Christian followers, and many, many Hindu followers, and many, many Muslim followers. Because the language was so much of the heart, it was heart language, you know, it was sort of mind. Religion can be a lot of mind, but he was speaking more heart language. Same thing with Kabir, same Kabir, and uh, Guru Nanak, and people like that. It was so much more broad, you know. But Jesus was teaching it primarily sort of like the, the Israelites. And they had very, very strong conditioning, very strong tradition. And uh, as you can see from them, when I told you about the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and the Sanhedrin and so on, they were like the, the, the spiritual politics of the day. And uh, they were the authorities. And uh, in the same way that Buddha came in a time when there was a very strong priest culture in India, and uh, Drupa Kundi came with very, very strong, strong, you know, Lama culture of, you know, the high Lamas and big trumpets and so on, and gave a, a very contrasting expression of God 
with much more power. So it was really quite a quite a, a paradox in that he was coming in such an irreverent way and yet with undeniable spiritual power. So these are sometimes the contrasts and the games that happen in their life. So um, the more there is the focus on people, the more there is violence and antagonism and separatism. The more in the higher way of the of the pure spirit, there there is not this conflict, but then there is less people. You understand? Because the majority of humankind is much more invested in in the belief in personhood. They believe that they are the body mind and the and the conditioning. So that's the language that has to taught to be taught to them. You see. And what makes some different and able to go beyond that, we cannot put your finger on exactly what it is. You see. Like for myself it, it started off in this uh, in a very Christian expression. And the love for Christ and growing up in this kind of thing. But then, you know, just when I look at the steps that my life took, that I was going to a church and something was not sitting right inside the church. There's lots of young people there and they seem to just be really in that, but something was really not flowing for me there in that particular setup, you know, because it was anti other groups and I couldn't sit with that properly. So then I left somehow, but I kept the inner connection with God. I didn't make the connection with the church, I made a connection with God. And so I could I knew the difference. I was starting to walk and, and explore with some fear because I wasn't sure, you know, just felt like something is calling me to move and to, to look at other things. And that was eventually to take me to India. I mean that's very, very outside of my culture. To to somehow you know finding this Ramakrishna book and uh, and then going to India and then you know so meeting Prabhupada. I see everything you know was planned somewhere in some part of the galaxy. And every step was planned that I would come to meet a master like Papaji, for instance, and then through him Ramana again and and to find a a, a path that was so direct and yet seemingly opposite to my entrance you know not opposite but you know but more refined than that and uh, in such a quick space such a quick way so this is just i, I cannot say why this happened mm-hmm. you see glory to the friends are one.